welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, uh, and I'm so excited to be here with uh, pa- Patrick Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. I almost couldn't get it out. That's okay. Because I'm so used to calling you Venerable Tom. I get that all the time. I know you do, Patrick. I put you Patrick, but you know St. Patrick, what a great saint. I've been saint. called worse. St. Oh, Thomas, Patrick. he doubted a bit, but he came around eventually, and that's, <laughs> that's good. Right. Yes. That's where That's where you are. Yes. <laughs> and then we got St. Ziggy. St. <laughs> Ziggy Rodriguez uh, is here. Uh, we, we, so today we have a very, uh, we, we always say we have a special show. Today we have a special show. Um, we are going to talk about uh, it's our, our, our synod special. Uh, we really have not addressed the synod on synodality, which is uh, underway uh, as you're listening to this. Uh, and so we really haven't talked about that much. And so we thought we would weigh in on the synod. And now if you think that you're going to hear a whole bunch of controversy, I don't think so. Uh, so we're going to, we'll just kind of like, so Sam, where are you in the synod? <laughs> well... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be in a wait and see uh, place to see what actually happens. Yeah. There's a lot of talk that's happening, and and you know a lot of people are very concerned. And and I'm not, if I'm being completely honest, I have concerns. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I'm somebody who, um, I I for for me some of the things that I love the most about our Catholic faith is just the rich tradition of rich traditions of our faith the timelessness of our faith the opportunity to uh you know when you look at the liturgy uh the timelessness of the liturgy going back to the earliest days of rome when you go to our our uh our teachings they go back not just through the great minds such as saint thomas aquinas and saint augustine yeah immutable immutable truth yeah things that are solid that have been solid and Yeah, in this world that's constantly changing and all of this stuff, and we're constantly at war with one another, there's the peace that comes from being able to rest in timeless, immutable truth. That's one of my favorite things about being a Catholic, right? And obviously, a lot of people are raising concerns right now that um, we might not have, there, there might be some 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 questions about uh, right. things being upended, uh, etc. Our, our in, you know to borrow a little bit from scripture, our church is not built on a sandy foundation. Right, right. It's built on the rock of Christ Peter, Christ Peter, Christ Jesus on the rock of Peter. Right, and so I like that. That I, I get where you're where you're coming from, Tom. Are you like uh, you know a synod warrior? Just the common guy's opinion. Yeah, that's what you're asking for. Yeah, okay. You're kind of um, common. Except yeah. for your hair, which is exceptional. It's uncommon. It is uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm worried. I, I'm I'm uh, I think uh, amb- ambiguity is perfect. Uh, confused, not sure where this is going. Uh, but also by the same token, I'm I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit, trusting okay. in our bishops. So that's a that's a great take. I, I will say because um, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, I agree with both of you. I think I feel kind of the same way, um, and uh, I and. You know, I know that everyone out there listening is surprised, but I did not get invited to be one of the delegates <laughs> at the Senate. Yeah. I was waiting for my invitation, but it didn't show up. Ziggy and I were shocked. 
Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, we bought him an airplane ticket and a bullhorn so he could stand outside of it. <laughs> yes, but but that's okay. No, I, I'm I'm not like a really a big protester at heart either, so I wouldn't have done that. But oh no, um, I just meant to weigh in. Oh, just to weigh. In. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. Yeah, the only you forgot to ask me what I think. There's some there. You would have seen the news, uh, you know, when 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 Pope Francis would have said like, "Who's that guy out there? Can someone go out there and tell him to be quiet?" You know, it reminds me when I was a kid uh, and I was, uh, instead of going to Mass, I would stay in the narthex, which was a terrible thing to do. And the only time I'd ever see the inside of the Mass was when, like, one of the ushers would come back and shush us. Yeah. Because we were talking out there. Uh, You know, the narthex at at St. Louis, remember that? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I've had a big change of heart, and I love Mass. But but back then, I was confused and lost. part of your conversion story. Yeah. So that's my, you know, so the Pope would send some shushers out to tell Mm -hmm. me to be quiet out in front of the Senate. So here's the thing, uh, you know, this uh, th- there has been no shortage of opinion. Yeah. Right. There, the th- theologically, um, uh, there are lots of folks out there who are weighing in, and because we we live in a day and age where uh, there are a lot of microphones, there's a lot of uh, uh, media presence, and I'm not just talking about what people lovingly refer to as the mainstream media. Because uh, they've been relatively silent on on most of this because they don't really care, you know, like the major news outlets, et cetera. They'll talk about this big thing, this big soiree they're having in Rome, but they really won't, they don't talk much about it. Um, but like Catholic media has been talking about it. Um, and then you have, from what I can see is you have some people that are sort of, uh, towing the line might be the wrong phrase, but they're essentially going like, "Okay, this is a good thing. We're doing this thing, and this is happening." And they're and they're kind of basically repeating the talking points or the things that uh, like that the, the Vatican says. This is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to. Um, uh, this is what we're attempting to do. And this is these are our goals. We're listening, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have then you have those that are question all of that, right? Right. And uh, and and they have a profound influence on people. Yeah. Uh, and those people, there's there's certain people you can kind of count on to always have an opinion that is the opposite of whatever Pope Francis appears to have an opinion on, right? Sure. There are people that that are uh, that are, uh, I'll just say, tearing down uh, and really uh, uh, creating a sense of disunity. Um, and then there are people that I think are genuinely, uh, I don't want to say in the middle, but they're they're not sure where to think, where to be. Uh, uh, in, in all of this, in um, you know, because there are there are valid criticisms, there are valid things to be concerned about. Yeah, right. If if any of the things that we're hearing are true, like, well, are they going to? Uh, are, are we going to have uh, women ordained? Right. right. And, well, that's 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 what you hear floated out there. Right. And and you know, I'll, by the way, I'll just go ahead and say the answer to that is no. But yeah. uh, how is this going to come down? I mean, there's a lot of confusion out there and. Where there is confusion, that means necessarily there is doubt. Whereas where there is doubt, uh, you know, this is the devil's playground, and this is where the devil like takes root and really causes division, and it can be a it can be a bad thing. So, two quick things. One, I think it's important for us to to call out the fact because I mean the the mainstream media hasn't really started weighing in on this yet. It's not all over the news uh, quite yet. Except for when they thought the Pope said it was okay to have blessings of yeah, gay marriages, yeah, right? Right. This is what I'm getting at. Like, It is going to get, eventually, it's, it is probably going to get a lot of mainstream me- uh, media attention, but one of the things that we have to keep in mind is Pope Francis has now been Pope with, for about 10 years. Is that correct? It's Something, been a while. Yeah. 
And so he, there's a long history throughout his pontificate of him saying things and then he's being quoted in the news yeah. as being saying something that he never actually said. Right. And now there are some people who, like you said, who just instantly they're, 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 they have a level of frustration with Pope Francis that they're apt to not even investigate and see, did he actually say this or not? And, and they feed on ambiguity, right? Yes. They, 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 on the gray area. And then they will look at that and they'll turn it and flip it and yes. make it a negative. Exactly. Exactly. And so, like, I think it's important for us, you know, if you regardless of what you think about, uh, you know, uh, Holy Father and, and his pontificate, even if you're on a, on the more extreme side of things um, in, in terms of being a, a critic of things that he's said and done, uh, we, we, I think it's important for us to recognize we need to take a step back and actually read what he actually said and is full of context that we that we that we are able to get and, and really pray about it and see whether or not the way that he might be getting portrayed because the, the, the world has is going to have an interest in trying to tear the church apart and try to cast confusion yeah, upon us. And right. so, and I think that there's reason to believe that that's going to get whipped up um, very quickly. Very, you know. Uh, and and one one other thing that I want to mention is we might have some people in, in Radio Land who who aren't really familiar with the Synod on Synodality. Like, do you think that maybe we should kind of like give a brief explanation? Of- so uh, yeah, maybe I guess we could. But uh, I think most people understand. Uh, I'll say it this way: when it was first announced that there would be, remember there was we had a synod. We have we've had a couple of different synods now. Yeah. Um, Pope Francis is a fan of synodality. I I will be honest with you. I'm 61 years old, uh, and it wasn't until that first synod um, that I'd ever heard the word synod. With the exception of I used to do some work for a uh, what was a Presbyterian college, and they actually uh, they speak of synod in a in a formal uh, like designation of a, a, a group of. Presbyterian churches, or like so, the Western Synod of whatever, right? And so, because I, 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 I always thought that's a weird word, but I come to find out that it's a very Catholic word, yeah, right. And the concept of what a synod is is always been part of the Catholic Church. Um, you know what's happening now, and what a synod has always been is not necessarily, you know, always the same thing. But but I will say that. What's odd to me is that we're having a synod on synodality, because that seems like I mean, you, you, you you all have been involved in corporate America, right? And you you know you know the old joke we're gonna meeting have a, about a meeting. we're gonna have a meeting about meeting. Let's yeah. let's meet about what we're going to meet about. And it's like, wait, why don't we just have the meeting? Right. Why do we have to have the meeting about the meeting? Um, and and I and I I think that helps add confusion and take away. Um, like the what might typically be just like well we're going to have a listening session yeah because that's how it began with listening sessions so anybody in radio land who might have heard their parish say hey there's going to be a listening session at the parish like right. that's connected to this right. and 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 this has been a process of gathering a lot of people together at a parish level at the diocesan level and things are being compiled and and Folks are being selected as being ambassadors who are supposed to process that data and present uh, that data in the way that they might see fit. And then that's supposed to be 
uh, discussed as a group. One, one thing I think is important to clarify: some people have asked the question, "Is this like Vatican III?" And no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not an ecumenical <laughs> it's council. It's not an ecumenical council. It's not the world's bishops gathered in union with the Pope. With the, I mean, even Vatican II is very different than all prior ecumenical councils, right? Because they said we're a pastoral council. We're trying to address things in the world um, and, and try to process uh, a, cha- a quickly changing world and try to uh, respond as a church to that, right. you know. And so that was a very different approach than like the uh, like the Council of Trent, for example, where they were showing up at the Counter-Reformation and they were listing off like, you're anathema if you don't believe this or you didn't right. believe this. So like The word anathema will not be used at the Synod and Citadel. Right, just like it wasn't <laughs> used in Vatican II. And so like this is not like the all the bishops in the world coming together in union with the Pope. Uh, this is these are selected ambassadors coming together, um, and and it's supposed to be a part of the, that broader process that began with you hearing in mass during announcements. We have a listening session you yeah. know, coming up, and I was involved yeah. in uh, a few of the listening sessions that were in the diocese of Memphis, and and actually it was a it was a really good opportunity. At the end of that, I was also um, in the same department. I didn't work on it, but there was a a synthesis document. So they. All of those listening sessions that happened at various parishes and other, uh, uh, we'll just say, groupings within the Diocese of Memphis. And I don't know if all the other dioceses in the world did this. I think they were supposed to. But I know what we did. And we did. We, we had all these many, many, many listening sessions. And then the salient points that were made that were kind of were summarized for each listening session, then all of that was synthesized into one big document. And that was laid on the desk of the bishop. Right and said, basically, here's a synthesis. Here's a collection uh, that gives you a good overview of what your your sheep, like what what your people um, are concerned about, and what they're thinking about, and what they want, and what they're what they're worried about, what they're happy about. This is this is that. And then that was actually published. We all got to take a look at that, yeah. right? And so we got to be able to see what's on the hearts of of many of the people that we go to mass with. Not no names and no, no specifics, but it was a it was a synthesis, an overview. And for that, I mean, if the whole synod and synodality, like if if all we get out of this thing is that document for our bishop, I think that's a, a beautiful opportunity that a lot of people don't get. Imagine. Like having like just in your hand a document that says this is what this is what your kids think about you. Right. This is what your friends think about. This is what not about you, but about their 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 experience with God, their experience with church. This is what they're worried about. This is where their hearts are. This is where their desires are. And that, that's a very very powerful tool that the bishop can then certainly on his at his own level can use but then what we did we we took that document and then our bishop sent it on to like a collection of U.S. bishops, and then another synthesis document, and then that I think was sent on more to the Holy Father. More synthesizers than an '80s band. You That's know? exactly hundred <laughs> percent. Well, yeah. and, and 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 so we don't have at the Synod and Synodality like the United States has like something like five to ten delegates or something like yeah. that. It's not a huge number, and some they're not all bishops. Some of them are. are priests and some of them are kind of famous like some of you might be familiar with father james martin a but also bishop robert uh, but bishop Barron is is, is, is one there. of them yeah and so there's a mix of people and and they're basically responsible for and we've, we've got a lot of dioceses I, I, does the united states have something like what like 
somewhere between 100 and 200 dioceses in the it's United somewhere, States. It's somewhere. I don't know the exact number. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. So you got a lot of, of documents from very different kinds of dioceses that were submitted, and ultimately it's it's that group of people who are supposed who are going to be presenting to uh, the synod sort of what the United States might have to say. And so um, and so there's concerns about because it's a very different procedural. Well, you know, we also uh, we, we we can't do this little show without mentioning the dubia. Oh, right? yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. And the most important thing for you to take from this is the plural is dubia and the singular is dubium. Yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure that we understand that. I hear lots of people saying like, you know, keep talking about, well, there was this one dubia. It's yeah. like, well, this, no, it's one dubium. Anyway, yeah. that, that that's neither here nor there. I'm a big fan of the Dubia Brothers. The know, Dubia Brothers, favorite yes. bands. Favorite bands, yes. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, any, anyway, uh, you know, the, the, that's also sown lots of interest. And, and, yeah. and uh, I'll say interest, and in, it's interest from the, the mainstream media because yeah. they see, oh, they love when there's controversy and division right. and conflict. Conflict, and, and they want to, I, I shouldn't say, they're sitting in a room trying to figure out how can we tear down the Catholic Church. Right. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not usually unhappy when there are problems in the Catholic Church. There have been people who have had those meetings yes, in, in the history of man. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> but but these, these questions that some concerned cardinals wrote to yeah. the Holy Father, uh, and, and they wrote these questions in July, and then he answered them. Uh, and we, this all came to light because of... Uh, th- these things that happened later in, yeah. in September, and people releasing like, well, here are the here are the July questions, and here are the Pope's answers, which the the Vatican released. Yeah, and then they reformatted the questions into yes or no because they didn't. Apparently, they didn't like the answers. Right. They thought they were too ambiguous and kind of wishy washy. I don't, I don't want to put words in their mouths. Right, but this is the general sense of things. And then he, I don't think he answered the yes or no part. No, uh, the Holy Father has not, not yet spoken. Yeah. So and so, but then in the answers to those first set of questions, when it was talking about, um, uh, you know, we'll just say blessing non-traditional uh, unions, right? Uh, where there's some ambiguity that kind of surfaces about, uh, you know, where a case, the phrases like case by case basis uh, and pastoral nature or pastoral. Uh, Sort of, you know, leaving an o- what, what appears to be an opening, and so then you have the press saying, you know, Pope approves blessings for gay marriage, right? You know, which is not at all what the Pope did. But in all honesty and fairness, there was the well, language is confusing. It, yeah. it, the language was not meant for public consumption. It was meant to answer these specific dubia right. to these cardinals who were all well versed in. Uh, we'll say the the church church's legalese, but essentially, uh, you know, doctrine and dogma and and the and the right words to say, so they know what's what's happening here. And and this got released to the public, and then all of a sudden, there's like more worry, and people are worried, uh, and that's what we need to really address in these last minutes of the show. Well, I think. Yeah. Well, and 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 just to clarify really quickly, because there is a lot of people who. It's, the media is not helping with regard to the gay marriage debate in terms of like fancy this. that the media is not helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, just to make sure people understand what the debate is, it's not about uh, same-sex unions becoming uh, uh, sacramental unions. The debate is uh, there are some uh, pastors who are saying, "Listen, 
um, we want to be able to uh, give some sort of a blessing to, to right. gay couples that's clearly not a marriage blessing, but is just a, 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 a I'm not exactly sure what it is, whether it's to confirm them in, 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 in a chastity but see, that's or the problem, whatever it might be. Right? But yeah, but what you're expressing is inherently the, the issue, I think, that a lot of people have. Like, yeah. and, and you hear phrases like slippery slope and things right. like that. Because also, there's also uh, concern and worry about uh, women's ordination uh, right, uh, cropping up again, which seems to be something that since the 1960s has been kind of a... Uh, a constant like sort of thing that kind of comes into the conversation you know and 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 because there have been commissions and study about whether women could become deacons and where some say because deacons are ordained then women can't become deacons well can we call them something else can we consecrate them to service and these there's different things that happen and 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 like all of these things end up becoming concerns and then you, you you hear people who uh, are worried and they ask a question so then you hear pundits start lobbying and saying that this or more like lobbying not lobbying but lobbying grenades in, into into the conversation and kind of blowing things up right saying this can't you can't do this and you can't do that and that won't happen I, I, I at the end of the day I don't know what's going to come out of the Senate on yeah. Senate out yeah but at the end of come the day Holy Spirit. yeah I, that's that's the thing. There are some things that that you know because some people have also tried to calm fears and say, "Hey, remember Matthew chapter sixteen, uh, uh, verses seventeen, eighteen. You know, it's like or sixteen through eighteen. It's like you, you remember, you know, Jesus founded this church on the rock of Saint Peter, and he says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, and and for a while that's comforted me. Like, hey, the church isn't going anywhere. I still firmly believe and know that this the Catholic Church." Uh, as we see it today, 2,000 years later, is the one church that was founded on the rock of Peter by Jesus Christ. It is the church. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I wake up every morning and say, Lord, where would you have me go? And it's here. It's yeah. always here. Um, but at the same time, when I read that, there's some comfort that's not there because what happens is I don't think I'm worried the church is ending. I think that there are people that are going to get – you know. In, in that verse, Jesus doesn't promise that the boat of Peter is not going to be rocky and people might get thrown overboard or jump overboard or, or find their way out of the boat. Right. The thing is, we need to stay in the boat. Right. And, and I think the most important thing we can remember uh, is, is what Jesus promised. Literally, before, uh, before he uh, was put to death with his apostles, he said, I'm going to send you the paraclete. I'm going to send you another counselor. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. So we have to believe that where the church gathers, the truth would, would be told. Now, that process, it might be messy. Right. We've had rocky moments mm-hmm. in, our, in our church history, and, and in terms of, you know, is it possible that... Uh, Mistakes can be made, you know, um, within this context. I mean, again, this is in not the context of the synod and synodality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, because it's different. It's like I said, this is not like an it's a listening it's, session. It's not Vatican three. You know what I mean? Like it's an it, advisory. Uh, yeah, session. Exactly, right? exactly. And so, and and if there are mistakes that are made, guess what? God has a perfect plan that takes all all mistakes into account in the whole history of man. Like, there's no such thing as a mistake. He made us. Made. He knows what we're capable of. Yeah, right? he's not gonna be like, what are these guys doing? I didn't see this. Like, no, that's never gonna happen, right? And and so. No matter what happens, everything is a part of a, a beautiful plan that leads to Christ's uh, victory uh, being made total over all of salvation right. history. And and so 
um, we just need to keep focused on on, on Christ. And one, one thing really quickly, because we made reference to women's ordination being one of the questions, the, you know, in terms of mainstream media, media, uh, two quick things. One, they talk about uh, deaconesses, you know right. what I mean, and saying that that's a... There, there are early church documents that have made reference to that, but there no, no references to women actually being ordained to deaconess. It was that baptisms were naked in those days, and they were. And it's my understanding that they had women step into that role right. to protect the modesty of women being baptized. But it wasn't an ordain, ordination thing. But I think it, that it's addressed specifically in the Council of Nicaea. If I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mistaken. They actually talk about that. We don't don't view these women as having been ordained. Yeah, exactly. Now, have there been attempted uh, women ordinations sure. in the church? There have been, and uh, uh, but not anything that's ever been valid or that the church has said, yeah, they were ordained at this time. And, and, and Mother Teresa has something that she says that's absolutely spot on and beautiful. She says, there's no one in the whole history of the church that is more worthy of the priesthood than our Blessed Mother, and yet our Lord didn't consecrate her to the priesthood, which means it can't be about worthiness. And so when we make it about worthiness, it's we're, we are shifting the focus. So no one needs to talk about, are, the, are women worthy of ordination? Our Blessed Mother is worthy of all things. You yeah. know what I mean? So at the, at the end of the day, uh, th those and those are good uh, points to bring up, uh, Sam, uh, but I don't think those are going to be, I mean, we're, this is a listening session. Yeah. Right. And there are going to be a lot of people talking and a lot of people having opinions and a lot of people things. And then there'll be some kind of document that comes out of this. Uh, and there'll probably be even a document written that like as a trial balloon that gets leaked. Yeah. Right. And this is the problem. We have to avoid uh, scandal and the appearance of scandal. We have to avoid uh, falling into the trap of like uh, getting these. Let's, let us let us wait mm -hmm. until. The official word is out. This is what we have accomplished in this synodal uh, experience. This is what this is. This is the fruit of this synod on synodality. Then let's have a frank and honest and, and prayerful discernment and discussion. At the end of the day, uh, Pope Francis is a validly elected. He is our pope. He is the successor of Peter, uh, and and he is reigning and he's been reigning for several years. Uh, and and he uh, he. Uh, needs to receive our respect, our allegiance, uh, and recognition that he is Pope, right? So we need to have faith in our Pope. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon not only the Pope, but all of those uh, bishops, but then certainly the people that are attending the Synod, uh, that the Holy Spirit would, would speak into their hearts, uh, and then that the people's voices who come to the Synod who are expressing their own personal desires and concerns, which may or may not be in line with what the church teaches uh, or has taught in all through through history, that the Holy Spirit would, would comfort and soothe them and allow them to express their concerns, and that those concerns would be addressed. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen at the synod on synodality, but we don't need to get carried away with all of the conjecture Right? We need to just trust in the Holy Spirit and we need to love our church, love our Pope, and do the best we can every day to live as Christians. Let's ask uh, Mary to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.